The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope that uh, you had a fantastic weekend in the frigid cold. I hope that uh, some of you uh, did not turn into ice cubes over the weekend. Uh, we're actually doing a pre-record tonight because uh, for a couple of reasons, but one of them is also, and I'm just I'm going to be very honest here. I'm going to I'm I'm not I'm not shame of self promotion over here. Uh, January twenty second is my birthday, and uh, it's actually a big milestone birthday for me. Which you know, they're numbers that don't need to be shared. You know, just need to know that they're they're milestone numbers. And uh, I decided I'm taking the night off, and I'm just going to. Stay around. I'm in my little uh, my little bungalow in St. Michael, and uh, just going to uh, enjoy enjoy the day, and uh, probably listen to us as it happens uh, Monday night. So, I just wanted to get that out there. But you know, one of the things that uh, I I I am really bad at is I haven't been bringing on a lot of true crime. We do occasionally, but uh, there is so much more that we can nay should do and uh, i wanted to uh to do so now some of you might remember that we had uh, a gentleman on a few weeks ago by the name of mr zero and he had uh talked about uh, a lot of things and a lot of things that i was very interested in as it happens but uh, he had reminded me that he works with somebody uh that who does uh, her own uh true true crime podcast with uh, her sister, and so we're going to be talking about that tonight. Uh, Drinking the Kool Aid is a true crime and paranormal podcast hosted by Megs and Hannah. They do deep dives into recent and cold cases, unsolved mysteries, serial killers, disappearances, conspiracies, and pretty much all things spooky. Megs has also been on several episodes of Mr. Zero's Psycho Jello show, which I believe are Sunday mornings at, uh, I don't know the exact time, but it's on WDGY. We talked about that when he was on. Megs, welcome to Ghost Box Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And... Happy birthday. Right? I mean, who knew what, who knew what 20 would look like? Yeah, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. It's, um, uh, so this is, a, you know, the, the great thing is about podcasts, which might be uh, a detriment to you in some case, is the fact that there are so many that you're always finding out about new ones. And obviously, you're going to want to, uh, you know, have people listen to it. But when you find out about a new one, you find out like about one that's true crime and paranormal and one that is also local in Minnesota here. That's pretty exciting. Now, how long have uh, you and Hannah been doing the uh, podcast? 
Uh, we started it in March of 2020. March of 2020. Okay. Was that part? I mean, boy, that's right at the time of the lockdown. Was that was that a lockdown baby there that uh, you kind of decided that's when we're going to do it because of that, or has it been? Well, yeah, it was one of those things where her and I had talked about it for a really long time. We kind of always joked like, "Hey, we should really start a podcast," and. When the lockdown came about, we were like, wow, now's the time. We should really just go for it. I've listened to a couple of episodes of it, and it's it's very good. Um, the the style of uh, podcast you do, which it's it's you are you're telling stories every week. You are uh, putting together and then you are breaking it apart so that it fits within chunks uh, of, of time so that it's not overstaying its welcome, which I, I personally appreciate. And when I do podcasts, unfortunately, I don't listen to myself when I do those. But that's a lot of work, isn't it? Oh, it's an extreme amount of work. I'm putting in tons of hours. I mean, this is a full-time job that you know you're not really getting paid for. It's just something... I genuinely love doing. So we put, um, oh my gosh, I couldn't even estimate how many hours go into it every week. You know, I have a little bit of a different structure. I know a lot of people love to lean hard on Google as their form of gathering information, which is great. I mean, that can work for a lot of people, but I love books, like obsessed with books. I devour them. So I thought, why not dig into that, give authors a shout out at the top of each show and tell people what books I'm using so that we can do it in a story format. And I, I mean, uh, I, you know, I've had a I've had a strong academic career and I think there's nothing better when you're able to do a, do something like what you're doing and be able to cite your sources. You know, that's that seems like I mean, because I mean, like you said, and once once again, you're right uh, for people who are using Google to do their research. Good for them. Uh, But if you're able to do that extra mile, but that's that's a long mile at the same time. So uh, it's it is important that, you know, people understand what you're doing is is extraordinarily time consuming, but it's going to be worth it for the listener. Yeah, you're going to end up getting those details in each case that you wouldn't just find out on the internet. You know, it really digs in a lot deeper and takes you down that rabbit hole. So that's really the goal each week is, you know, come on down this different rabbit hole that we're going to be talking about. And a lot of times those dives might take three or four episodes to get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the one that I started on today, I was out in Hudson, so I was driving back and I thought, well, you know what, this is a great time to uh, listen to some more. And it was uh, one of the more recent ones, which is the first part of a three parter with uh, the woman, uh, the hitchhiker, 15 year old Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mary Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. What what a what a story. And I, I'm I only I'm only into part two, but uh, that is that is really quite the story of uh of, I mean, how how some of the worst human behavior can be towards other humans by by listening to that. And I guess the question I I'm trying to get to here is, uh, you know, how how do you when you're reading through when you're doing the research, 
you know, how do you react to this as as Megs the person opposed to Megs the producer of this podcast? Uh, well, some of these cases, like, you know, when you're talking about it on a constant basis, you do get to the point where maybe things aren't as shocking yeah. as they might be to everybody else. Um, but, you know, I definitely want to always remember that there are victims, there are human beings involved in this. And so we try to be very delicate about that situation. Um, you know, also, it, I just, I'm totally blanking here on no, what I was going to say. But I mean, in a sense, in a sense, I mean, I understand that too, in the sense of being desensitized. And that, that's, that's not a cruel word, I don't think, in, in, the, in the work that we do, because there is a point. I mean, you just even look at like the inspectors and stuff who actually run the cases and the stuff that they must see on a regular basis, if, they're no, if they don't get desensitized to it, nothing would ever get done. Um, not to say that we're on the same level of what they're doing, but at the same time, if we're, we're trying to share out a story, you know, you're, you're approaching it. I mean, for example, once again, the Mary episode, you're approaching it by, you know, alerting people at the, at the top of the program that there are these, you know, some of this stuff might trigger and that you, you should be aware. So if this is something that you do not want to hear more about, um, this is a time to drop out, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't offer a trigger warning at the top of every episode, but some of them just feel more gruesome. And we are going to get into those really, you know, nitty gritty details. So I do try to say like, hey, this is what you could expect. So yeah, if this isn't for you, why don't you move on to the next one? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just it. And, and you know, another one that I listened to uh, was the Queen Mary um, because I mean, I've, I've investigated there. So I've, uh, I've, I've, you know, it's like, I'm just curious to hear and you know, no one's getting their arms chopped off in that one. Uh, yeah, people no. are, people are dying, but I mean that, do you think, um, that is important for us to know, like the level of what Larry did to Mary, uh, for us to be able to, I don't know, I guess, um, to fully understand why people like th this are so horrible. I think that's actually a controversial topic sure. among the true crime community, because some people say, you know what, we absolutely should not be discussing those details because you can tell the story without it. I'm kind of on the opposite side of that, where I think it is important to understand exactly what a person went through and you know, let your mind wonder, how could somebody actually do something like this? It doesn't make any sense, but I guess that's a good thing that doesn't make sense to me. Well, and that's true. I mean, and I think that is a, a good point. I mean, it is gruesome. What happened to Mary is gruesome. It's cruel. But it's also, I think there's a couple things in my mind is that when you uh, when you share that out, it is important because you can't really tell the story about Mary and 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 uh, not dumb it down, I guess, but you know to to kind of keep it PG because it was so horrific. But it's also it really adds to the true testament and her own resilience as a fifteen year old as to what she was able to overcome within you know hours of th this brutal attack. And, and to show what, how, you know, the human, humans can 
really recover in a sense to kind of keep their wherewithal. And she's just extraordinary. Right, exactly. And, you know, when she overcomes everything, she's able to then make her life, in my point of view, even better. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe she doesn't have her arms anymore. That is true. But she also learned so many things along the way. And then, you know, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'm not sure which part it comes up in. Um, But she's able to make her own prosthetics, like fix them and make them better than just regular prosthetics, which I think is amazing. It it is amazing. It, and I'm I'm curious, does she implement that out to like other people to help other people with prosthetics or is it just for herself? That wasn't anything that I saw in any of the articles that I read, though I wish that is something she did. Um, as far as I know, it's just something that she does for herself. Mm. And the reason I ask is sometimes, you know, in, in, in my world of paranormal and with mediums and stuff, you know, you feel like that sometimes people are uh, brought in, uh, that they, they, they have certain situations that happen to them because they're there to help the world, you know, because, because of those situations. I think you can also say, Maybe it's not the arm thing for her, but she was able to quickly identify and get police onto Larry. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she was able to identify. She was able to basically give them everything they needed to do a complete sketch where people were like, wow, that (laughs) is Larry. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even in the episode, I, I think you and your sister said, like, you know, I don't even know what, you know, people you all know very well look, you know, you couldn't describe their face. And I started thinking about it myself. It's like, how do you describe someone's face to the point that someone could just be like, that's him. That's exactly him. Where it's like, yeah, well, he had two eyes and some eyebrows. And in my case, I have a beard. You know, it's just like, how do you, how are you able to make it so it's distinctively that person? And and it sounds like that she was like truly an expert at that. Yeah, she thank goodness, was so good at it. And it would be something that's interesting to dive into at some point, Um, you know, maybe even do a podcast episode about to learn how that's even possible, because it doesn't make sense. How do you perfectly describe somebody's face, you know, just thinking about it? It feels like, uh, from what I listened, that she was just determined to not let him win. And like, like you said in the podcast, it wasn't even about herself. It was about, I got to stop somebody from, uh, I got to stop this Larry guy from going on to his next victim. I mean, it's just this, once again, this 15-year-old who just just really kept it together when it, the worst possible thing could have ha- has happened to her, and she was able to, to make a huge difference. And be so selfless, like yeah. putting myself in a 15-year-old mind, like thinking back to being 15, oh my gosh, I just don't think that I would have, you know, been able to do something like that. You would hope so, but you'll never know. Well, I mean, I think, in, once again, you and your sister talked about this in the episode, it's like, I probably would have died because I wouldn't have even thought about the dirt uh, that could help cauterize the, the, the cuts. I mean, the, 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 um, the cutting off of the arms. So man, she, she really, I mean, pretty incredible. Yeah. She was a true hero. 
Oh, it, truly, absolutely. Why don't we go ahead and uh, do this? Let's go ahead, take our first break. When we come back, we are going to continue our conversation with Megs. We're talking about Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast. It's a true crime podcast. We have a lot more to talk about. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. We're having a very interesting conversation tonight. We are talking with Megs, who is a host and co-host of uh, Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast. It's a true crime podcast that uh, is uh, been running since 2020. And uh, it's really exciting because it's also local. We're going to be talking about a uh, local case that uh, they are working on for an upcoming episode. We're going to talk about that in the third segment. But uh, we're going to kind of keep things going here. We were just talking about uh, some of the episodes uh, that I, I just had a chance to listen to. And um, how many episodes are you up to now? Many? Uh... Many? Is that is that about the best we can do? I, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head do you do do you do like do you do try to do like one a month once a week what's your what's your cadence you know i wish it was once a month right now because it's getting to be a lot but no we do once a week so they come out every sunday so okay wow that's that's quite a cadence there yeah it's a lot it really is especially when we're going so in depth with the cases and doing so much research um, it definitely is hard to keep up with sometimes. When you were um, when when you're doing the episode with Mary, that's three parts. Do you record all of those at one time, or do you break them up week by week? We break them up. Um, you know, we don't necessarily record once a week. Sometimes it's more. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what we're able to get done. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, folks, you should go over, uh, uh, and just to, to remind people where it's at, first of all, if you want to, uh, you can just go over to drinking the Kool-Aid.com and, uh, there's all sorts of stuff there. You can also, uh, donate if you'd like to and, uh, leave a review and go through all the episodes. Uh, and then it's available, I would assume everywhere podcasts are available. Yes, that is correct. It's on all of the podcast platforms. Now, uh, how, when did you decide that uh, it's that you are like uh, firmly into the true crime genre? Um, I would say that's just kind of something that I've always been into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started with watching Dateline. Oh, constantly. yeah. Oh, yeah. I could not get enough of it. And then I was reading a bunch of true crime books, just had huge stacks of them, you know, always had them stuffed in my purse and my backpack. Um, everywhere I went, I was reading books. So I was really the true crime gal, I guess. And my sister was more on the paranormal side. Okay. So e- even though I really like paranormal as well, she was binging everything paranormal. So we were like, you know what? Let's just put these two together. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and they do they do go together pretty well, I think. I think so, too. A lot of people, you know, might like one versus the other. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but I personally think that there is 
essentially a mystery to both sides of it. I mean, I always believe everything. When it comes to like paranormal cryptids, I believe everything. I just want to. I think it's more fun and interesting that way. Yeah. Um, so I'm very open-minded and that's how we approach the podcast as well. Yeah, no, and that's good. And you, I, I think, yeah, you have to be, I, you can't really, I mean, and, and some of the stuff is, has its own, um, has its own leaning anyway, because, you know, some of this is history now. And, uh, you know, what, it, what's kind of nice about, uh, true crime is that there are so many variables that they're never, you know, there, there can be with paranormal stuff, but paranormal often can be, you know, maybe just sometimes ghost stories. Uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of what they can become. Um, but with the true crime stuff, what is nice when you're in the in the format that you're doing is that uh, you you often can come to a conclusion, or you think you were coming to a conclusion, and then something kind of blows uh, the lid right off of it, and next, you're kind of back to square one. That's exactly it. You know, there's a lot of cases like those big cases that everybody knows about. And you might already think like, oh, I know it's this person, even though they haven't been convicted or anything. But I try really, really hard not to approach the cases that way. I don't want to go in knowing who did it. I want all of the evidence to kind of lead me there. But then I'm also not going to push that on the listeners. You know, I might say, here's my opinion, you know, and Hannah and I will discuss it throughout. Um, but I really want people to come to their own conclusions. I want to just present you the facts. Yeah, no, and that's good. Uh, and that's, and that's, I think it's obviously a very, a very wise way of doing it. It's also kind of tough too, because it is sometimes tough to kind of like, well, I'm pretty sure this is what's going on here. And then you, you, you got to kind of put that to the side and and do whatever uh so have you uh and your sister done any sort of paranormal work at all i know that you've done some shows on it but have you actually done been able to go out and do any sort of uh take part in any investigating or anything like that we have not we have always wanted to do something like that um it just hasn't worked out and then you know, there was a few different paranormal things that came up, like events that we wanted to do. But of course, then it was the pandemic and we couldn't. So I guess like it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe I can help you get into some if you're interested. Um, we're always doing we're always doing something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it it's a really uh, it, it's it's uh, really fun to kind of see people get into that and in, in, in that paranormal aspect of it. Um, and like I said, I, I investigated uh, the Queen Mary and there I've never been into any place quite like that before. And so it was really interesting to hear what and there's a lot of history to that, which for th people, I mean, you, you guys did a really good job of of talking about the history of the ship and there's stuff that I had no idea about, which was really cool. Um, and, and how many, I mean, it's like a cat that ship had like nine lives and, yeah. uh, it's still, you know, it's still going on and whatnot, but, uh, it's, it's really fun to see. Um, is there any, I, I mean, it sounds like your sister is very much into paranormal for you. Is there anything from a paranormal standpoint? And I actually, I have an idea for you if you haven't done it already. Okay. Um, and you may have done it. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know all the episodes that you've done. Um, but have you ever heard of Liska? 
I have. Yeah, the Vliska axe murder. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did cover that. Did you cover that? Okay, nice. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. It's it's because uh, I've I've investigated there a number of times, and uh, that place is is um, it's dark. It's a dark place, and uh, you know I'm not one to to say that often about locations uh, because it's like you know some places just are kind of misunderstood. You know, paranormal is not inherently dark like people like to think it is, but that place is. So, um, is there, has there been any play, has there been anything that you wanted to do that you thought about paranormal wise, or, you know, your sister was interested in trying to do? Um, not necessarily. Well, okay. Actually there is, I am very fascinated with the entirety of Anoka because I know that there's been so much there. Um, I love the you know, those bars on the strip and there's so much history there. And I know there's a bunch of tunnels underneath and that, uh, you know, lead up under the bars that connected them all. And of course there's the Anoka state hospital. So I'm, I'm really interested in all of that. And I'm very much hoping to do some type of big episode um maybe towards like october of this year that'd be cool uh if you have if you ever have a chance we do a monthly get together in anoka at billy's called uh, ghost stories and beyond and uh february uh it's the first wednesday in february i think it's the seventh uh we are going to be uh playing uh, 18 we call 18 minutes and that is uh 18 minutes of of a paranormal investigation that we got at the grant house in rush city and it's probably one of the most profound recordings that we've ever had done that that really has a lot of different uh aspects of the paranormal that come across in 18 minutes and um and i, I say that for anybody who is listening <laughs> please come out because it's it's very powerful um, and that's kind of what we look for, isn't it? When we do this work that we do, something that's powerful and not because we want to shock people or anything, but we want to be able to kind of showcase the stuff at its best and sometimes even sometimes at its worst, I suppose. Yeah, that sounds really fascinating. Like, I would love to do that. I'll have to talk to Hannah and we'll make it out to one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you some information about that if you're interested in in doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, when you are going, you're doing all these episodes, is there any that stand out? And I don't, when I say like as a favorite, I mean, you know what I mean. It's not like we're really excited about this particular killer or anything. But I mean, just the aspects of it that really uh, still to this day is just like, really kind of stayed with you is there anything that kind of leaps out like that yeah i mean there's a ton of cases that Mm -hmm. certainly leap out um however there was one that i think hannah and i did a five-parter on um her name was ellen greenberg and she was a very young teacher and she came home to her apartment one day and uh her fiance sam said that he was going to the gym so he left for what he says was maybe 45 minutes but the gym was located in their complex so he didn't Mm. go far when he came back the door was locked and it had um you know like that little latch across it so he couldn't get in it was locked from the inside 
Uh, she had many, many stab wounds to the back of her head, and it was ruled a suicide, which just baffles me when you actually <laughs> look at it. It looks very impossible to me. And I think that there's a lot of holes in the story, but that's where they left it. And once it was ruled a suicide, they would not change it back to homicide. Wow. That's incredible. That really is. And it's just, you got to wonder, were they, were they questioned about it at the time? Uh, when, when, as far as like the, um, the, the, the police about, how how can you how can you uh, say that's a suicide when that clearly seems impossible? Yeah, you know, I think that they came up with like a lot of reasons why it was a suicide. They mm-hmm. really tried hard to frame it that way, and it just never made sense though. And people didn't push it really hard. Now everyone's looking at it and going, actually, there's a lot of problems with this case, and there could be some you know, money talking, people paying off others. Absolutely. Is there, uh, with the, with the, uh, cases that you're covering, are there a lot of, um, cold cases? Yes, we do cover a lot of cold cases, uh, which I mean, some people don't like that. I think that it's very important to still talk about them, especially because something could shake loose. Like somebody always knows something. Um, but with those cold cases, they are tougher because sometimes there's just not a lot of information. And I suppose, too, that uh, listeners may want to have some sort of finality to a story. But at the same time, I can't help but think, whether it's your podcast or other podcasts, that there are, um, you know, detectives, ex-detectives, retired detectives who listen to this stuff and something might actually uh, get them to be interested to, to kind of push for certain cases to be open as well. You know, I mean, there, there's always those opportunities, I think. Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing. That would be a dream to have somebody listen to it and be like, wow, let's crack into this one yeah. and see what we can actually find. You know, that's always I, the essential goal of doing things. Um, but I, I do think the stories are important, even though they don't have a resolution. They could in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Vliska is basically a cold case. I mean, it's never been solved. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a, and there's so many different uh, avenues for that as where it may have gone. It's really tough to know. Uh, like, you know, I mean, like like we just got done talking about in the segment. I have an idea of what happened, but, you know, that's that doesn't mean that i'm i'm right on that and there's there are so many different uh avenues i just it's such a fascinating uh thing and and i mean all these cases are like that yeah i think you really have it as like a puzzle you know and not everybody is going to view it in the same way you might think it's one person and i might think it's another just by listening to the same exact story (laughs) that's true and that's and that's just uh that, that that is a really interesting part to it, and I also just thinking too. You're talking about like Dateline NBC and stuff. I uh, back in the day, A and E used to show really nothing but cold cases and and these true crime shows. A, a guy by the name of Bill Curtis was uh, hosting a lot of those shows, 
and it's like they are just i mean and they're they're never ending are there there's not it's not like there's a couple of them and that's it i mean there are loads and loads and loads of these things unfortunately there are you know there are tons of cases that just go nowhere but i really like that as of you know the past few years Things are changing in the true crime world. And I think that's really exciting to see a lot of those cold cases getting the, you know, the finish that they deserve. Absolutely. Why don't we go ahead and do this? Let's go ahead and take our next break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Megs. We're talking with Megs about uh, her and Hannah's podcast, Drinking the Kool-Aid, a true crime podcast. We have a lot more to talk about. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM950. And join me tomorrow on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bach, and we're going to bring back Joe Frankie. You might remember Joe. He is a, uh, a paranormal investigator, and he is part of the Warren Legacy Foundation, which means that uh, back in 1986, he joined Ed and Lorraine Warren and had been investigating with them up until uh, their deaths in uh, the first part of the century. We are actually going to be talking with him tomorrow about the Amityville case. And the reason why I wanted to talk with him about it is because uh, I wanted to get the Warren perspective of what happened on that case. Because uh, there are so many people who think so many different things about it. Now, Joe himself was not actually at the investigation. He had not joined them at that point. But Ed Warren had taken a great deal of time to download Joe about the case. He did that to many of the cases that uh, the Warrens took part in because he really wanted to teach Joe kind of like the backstory and everything else about what made the Warrens, uh, what made their investigating work. So that's going to be tomorrow. We're going to have Joe Frankie on. We are finishing up our conversation with Megs and her podcast. Uh, along with her sister, drinking the Kool-Aid. Now, that's a C-O-O-L. Let's just make sure we get that right. I have a feeling that uh, she didn't want to try to break in any copyright issues there. Uh, that uh, drinkingthekool-aid.com, and uh, it's a true crime podcast. We've been talking about it. It's very good. I would definitely uh, ask everyone if if you have a chance. I mean, you're always looking for podcasts, and if you don't know about this one, please check it out. Um, we can... You can hear about some very interesting things on there. And uh, Megs, as we uh, as we kind of uh, get into our final segment here, it's um. So, what do you think of the journey so far with the podcast? I mean, we've definitely grown a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first like many episodes were just not our best we definitely want to go back and redo mm -hmm. a lot of things uh at first we weren't taking such deep dives and we were using a lot of just the internet um so you can see us growing so much which is good and i hope to continue doing that and finding more stories along the way you know that we've never heard of do you uh, are you are you feeling good like with the reaction you're getting from people? And the reason why I ask is because I've done podcasts and I'm I can be kind of a baby about stuff uh, when it's like I don't feel like that people are really paying attention because it is like yeah this is a labor of love there is no doubt about it but at the same time you do want people to 
to note it. And if they do like it, please say something about it. Do you feel like that you're getting some good uh, feedback and that people are, are engaged with it? We get good feedback. However, mm -hmm. true crime is extremely saturated in the market. Yeah. So it is very hard to have like an indie podcast. We're doing everything ourselves. We don't have any help. No. And to compete with some of those really big names is difficult. Um, the people that are listening are so great. Our listeners are amazing and they're so kind. Uh, but they tend to like to email us, which is fine. Everyone can email us, but they like to email and say you're doing great versus giving that five-star review that can really help boost the numbers. <laughs> what is what is up with that? What is up with the fact that, you know, you could ask them, you can bribe them, and uh, it's still, and I'm trying to not to sound ungrateful either. I get your point, but it is like, please leave a uh, five-star review or whatever star you think, I mean, you know, whatever you want. And it's, it, I'll post that, and underneath there'll be someone that says, you're great, which is absolutely wonderful, but that wasn't really the, the assignment. <laughs> that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what I was asking for, if you don't mind me saying so. So, I mean, it, it, is, it is tough, and, and that's the thing, is, is what people hear about it, but I don't know if people understand the uh, algorithms that are involved when it comes to you know, the stars and getting feedback and getting reviews and getting helping to get your podcast being seen more on a on a on a bigger scale. And it's like the more that that can happen, the better things that can come of the podcast and more of how it can either improve or also continue to find its voice. Yeah, if you like a podcast, you like what somebody's doing. You, it's best if you can leave those five-star reviews, if you can interact on social media. Those things go so far, and yeah. I don't think that people understand. If you're not a podcaster, maybe you don't realize how those algorithms work. No, and you know I've had um, another local podcaster on, Joe Kistner, and he, I mean, same same boat that um, you're in as well. It's like sometimes because the the big organizations the big production companies are are they're doing their own a lot of people tend to gravitate towards those which is fine but it's also like don't discount uh the ones that are you know a smaller voice and stuff because you know one of the first things mr zero said to me when he talked about you to me is like she has better equipment than i do you know meaning him uh and you know he's at a station doing it you know so it's just like you know the fact is, is that you're taking it very seriously to make it sound good, make it good content. Uh, so it's like it's really helpful that people are able to, you know, not only listen to it, but also share it out. That's exactly right. And I think a lot of people, because this is what I've heard when I've talked to others, they think that everybody doing podcasts is making a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> we really make nothing <laughs> like I am losing money with the yeah. podcast. I still love doing it, yeah. but that's just the fact of it. So anything that you can do to interact with a podcast goes so far. Absolutely. And in the case too, to make you feel like that it's worth keep going and doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will admit, and we've talked about it on the podcast. There's been times where we're like, I don't know if we can keep this thing going, but we want to so bad. Yeah. So we're going to keep trying to make it work. 
So uh, we were talking uh, during break uh, that, uh, you know, especially as we're talking about, you know, local podcasts and stuff, that you are working on a multi-part episode uh, that uh, is going to be coming out at some point. And uh, would you uh, like to talk about it a little bit? Yes. Now, this one actually might not be a multi-part episode, um, which is very rare for us because we really do tend to lean into like those two, three, four parters. Yeah. Um, but this one is very different. So it is a Minnesota case and it happened just a couple weeks prior to Jacob Wetterling going missing. Um, so this is the case of Amy Panyak. Mm. Have you ever heard of that I, one? I actually haven't. No, I had not either. And see, this is the disturbing part of it. There is virtually nothing online like i'm having such a hard time finding anything but the basics of it from what i have currently because i just started working on this so it's a couple weeks out um amy had been with her father Mm -hmm. and they were working out in the fields and he stopped at a gas station which it says was maybe two miles from their house uh he had to use the restroom And in the time that he went into the restroom and came back out, Amy was missing from the car. She was 13 years old. And this case was filed as a runaway. She had run away in the past, but they didn't think that her parents did not think she ran away this time. And they were very concerned when they called the cops, but because it was filed as a runaway case, there was no headlines for this it didn't even hit the news nobody knew about it and unfortunately it's unsolved to this day they have nothing and now it's an active investigation but that's a long time to go yeah yeah and it didn't get the it didn't get anything near the uh uh the exposure that jacobs did no and of course you're always thrilled that somebody's cases hit you know, that national headline, yeah. but it, it's awful that somebody else's didn't. Well, and that's just it. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's, and you got to wonder, I mean, this, uh, this is probably, I'm, I'm probably going down the wrong road with this. So if I come across insensitive, I do apologize, but you know, you got to wonder, I mean, there was a lot, I mean, it, it was so intense uh, with Jacob Wetterling, uh, especially the first month after uh, he was abducted that, I mean, I think all of us thought that uh, it was going to be a no brainer that, um, that he was going to be found. But what if more was given to her case? Um, would it maybe been that there was more of a chance for resolution for that, you know? Um, you know, I mean, you don't know, we don't know, we'll never know that, but I, it just, I think aloud about that. Yeah. You never do know, but what do they always say? It's the first 48 hours that make the biggest difference in a case. And because they filed it as a runaway and they did nothing, they didn't do anything for those 48 hours. And that was the crucial part. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's scary to think that that happened that that was allowed to happen and uh here they are so i mean once again i mean i can't put too fine of a point megs on the fact of what you're doing and what other people are doing at the very least at the very least you're giving 
you're giving a voice to her, you know, by, by reporting and talking about what had happened at the very least that she hasn't been forgotten. And that's exactly what I was hoping to do. And unfortunately with that case, you know, because there is so little information, it does make it hard. And a lot of times podcasters will be like, oh, there's just not enough. I can't do this case. I'm not going to go down that road. We are covering it regardless of how much we find. I will find the absolute most that I can, but I want to be able to talk about what happened to her. And you can, they don't have to be, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your show, but I mean, they don't have to be full hour episodes when it comes to something that, you know, if you don't have a full hour or you fill it up with something else. I mean, I like the fact you're not shying away from it just because maybe there isn't as much as uh, Mary's case was, you know? Uh, So, yeah, I mean... Uh, well done to you and Hannah for that. Um, that's that's great. And you know, I, I I got into the paranormal for the that reason alone was uh, talking to spirits so that they are not forgotten. Is is really what it comes down for me at the end of the day. So I mean, it's so great that you're able to to do that with not her, but all the cases that you're talking about. And I will say, I actually listened to several of your episodes uh i've been binging it all week probably like at least 20 of them (laughs) and (laughs) i'm gonna tell you one of the problems with your show is that it's forcing me to buy more books (laughs) 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 which is great for the authors but (laughs) my bank account is not thrilled Uh, i already got one of them oh what you get Oh, my gosh. Uh, Michael J. Warden is one of my favorite people, and uh, I'm going to let him know that you got that um, because he's uh, you should talk to him. I, if, I, yeah, I would love to. And I, I actually want to cover this case on the show at some point. Uh, I love the book and the structure. Like, I haven't even read very much of it, just a little. But it's like an eight and a half by 11. <laughs> yeah. And that's his that's his. Uh, that's his first uh, true crime that he had done. As you know, you've listened to the episode. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I'll get that worked out so that uh, you two can uh, chat if you want. If I you love ha- that. If you haven't done so already. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, first of all, once again, I invite people to go to drinkingthekoolaid.com uh, to go there and uh, listen and binge on uh on meg's and hannah's podcast please do so uh because you know we all we're all just trying to to be able to express ourselves express what our our passions are and when it's good please do so but also real fast uh, like i said i have about a minute 30 left uh we had uh mr zero on you help him on his show uh is it once in a while or all the time uh, it's once in a while, but once in a while kind of means like often. <laughs> uh, cause I've listened, I've been listening to those as well. I'm a big like Beatles and monkeys fan. So him and I, we, we bonded over that. Uh, so, uh, it just, it's really cool. I, and it's good that you're, you're able to, uh, take part in all of that. Uh, is, is that music and stuff that you're interested in? I mean, it must be right. That's a dumb question. No, it's you, not you, a dumb question. Do you like I music? I love it. <laughs> yes, I like music. <laughs> uh, I love that music, and I have seen uh, Mickey Dolan's. I actually went with Mr. Zero and my parents. 
Oh, did wow, that's cool. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, so once again, folks, please go over to drinkingthekoolaid.com. Listen to some episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts. You are able to find it. I found it on Spotify. Super easy. But remember, Kool-Aid is C-O-O-L-A-I-D for this podcast. So please do so. Uh, check it out. Megs, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope that uh, you can come back if there's something you want to talk about, if there's a case or something you want to promote. Uh, feel free to let me know and we'll get you back on. I absolutely would love that. Thank you and happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, that is uh, that is going to do it for us tonight. Like I said, join us tomorrow as we uh, talk to Joe Frankie. We're going to be talking about the Amityville Horror of all things. What a great way to spend a Tuesday. Thank you all very much. We will talk to you later. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.